Blog Talk Radio.
everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. The song you just heard is my single run off of my debut album, Leave It All Behind, which you can find on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. So I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight as we have an awesome comedian joining us in a moment. Uh, his name is John Cole. And before I bring him on, I just want to let everyone know a little bit about my show. If you are a new guest tuning in tonight, um, as I always start out telling everyone a little bit about my background. So as a clinical psychologist, as well as a singer-songwriter, um, and someone who's involved in various aspects of entertainment, including freelance writing, and um, I love going to comedy shows, I've always wanted to combine my psychology background, especially with my interviewing skills, um, with my interest in entertainment, to support people in the entertainment industry. Um, I personally know how difficult it can be managing one's own career, so my show was basically launched as a means to bring people on, uh, support them, get their names out there, and let the world know who they are. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, um, their profession, their experiences they've encountered, and a few concepts that I want people to please keep in mind is that although I'm a psychologist, uh, the show is not meant by any means for for me to be providing any type of formal treatment or therapy. I know people sometimes will ask questions, and I will answer them, but it will be in a very broad framework where it can be, you know, generally applied to all people. It's not going to be personalized. Um, So at times you might hear us talking about psychological concepts or terms, but again, it's going to be more of an educational form and not a therapeutic means. And secondly, I do want my guests to feel comfortable to talk about whatever they'd like on the show um, and feel open and free but if we are going to talk about any types of, you know, controversial or, you know, humorous stories that might involve specific persons and uh, organizations, to please leave any identifying information out as the show is not meant to embarrass anyone, to humiliate anyone, but I do want people to, to keep it real and to be able to talk about whatever they like. So at the end of the show, you'll be able to learn how you can become a guest on the show if you are currently tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com, and you can join us in the chat room. We do have uh, the chat room open right now, so you can ask John Toll questions through the chat room, or feel free to call in during the show at 805-243-1320. So I want to give everyone some background on John Toll. I've been a big supporter of him for a while. Um, I had the honor of meeting him for the first time probably, I don't know, a handful of months ago, up to a year ago at the scene when he was performing with the Miserable Men, and it was my first experience uh, watching John perform, and I just thought he was phenomenal. He has a, a really unique style. He's got some great material. Um, so from there, I had another opportunity to see him perform in New York at La Bella's when he again performed with the Miserable Men. This is um, from Howard Stern. That was a show on Howard Stern on Sunday night, and unfortunately, it's, it's not on the air right now, but hopefully at some point it will come back. So a little bit about John. John is a nationally touring stand-up comic and philosopher, author, as well as a heavy metal guru. He has toured with the Killers of Comedy, the Sal and Richard Show, Ronnie's Block Party Tour, which is uh, Ronnie Munns, as well as um, Howard Stern fans now, as well as the Miserable Men Comedy Tour. He's also worked with many nationally renowned comedians, including Fred Geraldo, Bill Burr, Jim Florentine, Jim Norton, Robert Kelly, Jim Jeffries, and Doug Stanhope, to name a few. And John is also very multi-talented because when he's not performing stand-up comedy, 
fans can hear him as a talk show host on various radio shows. He has written and contributed to the Miserable Men Show on Sirius Satellite Radio, Howard 101, as well as his comedy can be heard on Sirius Raw Dog Channel 104 on Sirius uh, XM Radio. And he also bounces from New York to Los Angeles and Dallas, Texas, where he can be heard daily on the health, wealth, and happiness every morning at 11 a.m. on um, channel 1190 a.m. So for more information on John Toll, everyone needs to go check him out at johntoll.net, and that's J-O-H-N-T-O-L-E dot net. So without further ado, let's bring John on the air. Hey, John, how are you doing? Hey, Carrie, how are you? It's very nice to hear you talk so glowingly about me. Of course, I wouldn't say anything less about you. You're awesome. Oh, I love it. If you, if you just want to just talk about me like that for the whole hour, that would be amazing. Okay, we can we can definitely make that happen tonight. Not a problem. Yeah, <laughs> so, how are you doing right now? Uh, I am amazing. I am sitting uh, in my apartment here in Dallas, Texas, um, staring at uh, my Red Sox pictures uh, in, in in my underwear. I'd like to paint pictures to the listeners just to know like uh, how exciting. The life of a comic is, um, after this interview, I get to go to an open mic and get stared at by strangers while I work out new, uh, new material that probably isn't going to work. Oh, stop. Is that what you're doing tonight? You're going to do an open mic? Uh, yeah. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm not on the road and, and touring, I'm, on, I'm doing open mics uh, at least uh, between one to three a night uh, here in the Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, uh, Metroplex area. So I, I was, I'm, I'm, trying to build, uh, I'm trying to build a new hour. Um, I just I just awesome. finished recording it. Yeah, I, you know I just finished uh, recording a CD um, of all like my super like cringy material, and uh, so I need to uh, kind of reload and uh, get some new ideas out there. Very cool. And if I could kindly ask, I'd love a copy of it. When is it done yet? The CD, or you're in the works of getting it like mixed and mastered and stuff? Well, can you say that again? Is the CD done yet? Your comedy CD? Uh, it's actually it, it's in uh, it's currently in production right now. We're just working with uh, with some of the levels on it. We did some. I kind of like okay. did like a uh, ger- yeah. We did like a gorilla recording. Uh, it's one of those things where I, I always get kind of self conscious when like if I bring up like a real like like a camera crew and I, I really set up real audio. It's something that, there's something about like me down deep where I'm like oh this this actually counts and it, it never comes off uh, as kind of off the wheels weird as I like it. So I kind of just uh, every okay. once in a while I just bring in a I'll bring in like an audio cassette or um, or just like a just a video camera and just kind of let it roll and then you know and if I catch something special then that that's usually what I end up uh, using for my for my CDs. Very cool, very cool. Well, I would love a copy when it comes out. I would love one. So that's awesome. Course. Absolutely. So you're sitting. You said in your in your. Did you see your underwear earlier in your apartment? Uh, no, I'm sitting in my underwear inside my apartment. Now, if I had a specific underwear area, now that would be amazing. That's that's what I'm looking for. Like, I want to get to the level. I want to be at the level of performance where I can have just a special closet where I can only sit with all of my underwear and stare at them and sniff or do whatever weird things I would plan on doing. I would probably end up. I'd probably be in my girlfriend's underwear closet sniffing her stuff. I guess that's probably where I would end up being. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. So is that, John, real quick, not to digress, are you from Texas? I thought you were from New Jersey or New York. I just, because I saw you, you know, a couple of times, I just thought that you were from this area. Right. I was actually uh, born in Massachusetts, 
uh, raised okay. as a mass okay. hole, as they would say. Um, but uh, I, my, my <laughs> folks actually took us uh, out to Northern California when I was a kid, so I spent the majority of my life in, in Northern California and just through a, a, job, a job transfer four years ago brought me to Texas, and I've kind of been bouncing around a lot, and I've uh, put, put down some roots here in Texas, which I never really thought I was going to do because it is at times a little conservative and a little backwards. But, uh, okay. but you know, by and by, like, you know, it, it's cheap to live here, and the people are nice. Nice, nice. So how long have you been in Texas now? Uh, I moved here in 2007. Um, I dragged my ex-wife oh, wow. across country and said, uh, and said, I'm, I'm going to take this bank job. I'm making uh, six figures. We're going to buy a house, and we're going to live the American dream. And within a year and a half, uh, she was ready to leave. Um, I, I didn't want to live there anymore, and I just said, I think it's time to do comedy full-time and just be a scumbag. Yeah, stop. Well, I mean, and speaking about your comedy, when did you when did you get involved? And I'm always interested in, you know, knowing people's background. Was it something that you grew up having an interest in, or was it something that you fell into a little later in life? I mean, I, I was always kind of a, you know, the class clown and, and the kid who liked to make his grandparents laugh and stuff. But you know, I I okay. was always, uh, you know, there, I was always I, I was always an athlete, and so I was like I, I played baseball my whole life, and I but I was also the guy that you know talked a lot of crap from the bench. Um, but then I you know, I, I, I toured in I, I toured in metal bands for for ten years, um, and then when I was when that was finished, I was like, well, you know, I'd like to try stand up. So in in two thousand three. I just kind of walked into an open mic at the comedy store there in San Diego at, at, in a, in a La Jolla, and uh, what it went up and did three three minutes on a Sunday. I was terrible. Okay. Um, I, I bombed horrifically. I think I I remember sitting there going, "Oh, I have 17 pages of hysterical blah blah." And I was like, "I got like one laugh in three minutes," and it's like, and I was right. like, "But it was tough." Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, when you when you start out, I mean, you're horrible. I know. You don't want to start off being good at something, you know, and then it only go down from there. So, um, you know, it, but it was it was a process, and I, I made a lot of friends, kind of in, in the beginning, some open micers who were, you know, starting off just like me, and then uh, even a couple guys who were ahead, who kind of saw that, you know, I had at least a, a glimmer of something. It kind of took me under their wing and helped me out. Awesome. Very cool. So I'm just curious. You got to digress for one moment. So tell me about the metal bands. Were you do you play an instrument? Or are you a singer? What what were you doing with the metal bands? Well, I, I'm a guitarist and bassist. Um, so I really on the project. Yeah, I would I would go back and forth between you know uh, playing a rhythm rhythm guitar or bass or singing or doing a combination of of both. Um, but it was you okay. know very like very like like very like uh, politically correct. You know uh, like '80s style crossover. I mean you're from. You're from the East Coast, so like all the bands that would have played, like the CBGBs, Lemores, uh, bands like right. that, you know, like uh, like a Carnivore and SOD, Nuclear Assault, you know, Exodus, um, you know, bands like that. Those are those are the bands that I grew up on, and like in the okay. growing up in the in the in the growing up in the Bay Area, you know, like the the Bay Area like thrash metal scene in the '80s, that was like a, an epicenter for like amazing music, and so that's. You know, as, a, as a high school kid, just being able to go out on a weekday and, and see some, like, you know, phenomenal thrash bands was kind of like, it just kind of stuck with me. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be one of those guys. I'd like to be in a band and have tattoos and drive around the country and just party. <laughs> Very cool. So what happens in terms of, I mean, it seems like you were pretty successful with the music career. What eventually, I guess, led to you kind of leaving the scene and, and then, you know, pursuing comedy and other things? 
Well, I mean, I'm still I'm still actually involved with it in, in a way. Uh, one of my bands, okay. actually, that we're, we're yeah we're, we're going to be doing a, a European tour in uh, in December, um, which I'm oh, kind of wow. excited about. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of balancing right now. You know, running running a label and then running and then doing the band when it fits into my comedy schedule and then doing the radio and comedy. So it's like I'm wearing like four hats right now. But I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, ultimately the band you know, never were were uh were able to continue to go because, you know, I was always surrounded by losers who were like, you know, doing drugs and ruining the band and mm-hmm. you know, like one guy if if it's like one guy can make a living on a band, but five guys cannot make a living on a band. Like that's one of those things right. like the money was just was just never good enough to like actually live. And then I was like, Oh man, I'm in my thirties, I don't have any health insurance, you know. It's right. like you, you can you can only you can only live in a van for for so long. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, we'll we'll talk at another time. But yeah, if you want to come on at a later date when you before you go out on tour, let me know. We'll bring you on with the the metal band. That'll be cool. Of course. Yeah. We'll do yeah we'll do an interview with them. Play some of your own music. So that'd be awesome. So that's interesting. I love learning you know new things about people because I've. Found that people, especially in entertainment, are often, like you said, wearing more than one hat. Um, and right. I can personally appreciate the music scene, you know, doing everything on my own and, and being a, you know, a solo artist and recording artist by myself. It's yeah, it's tough. And I have to have my day job, and I work in prison, as you know, so as a psychologist, which is always interesting. <laughs> but um, yeah, that sounds scary. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I I used to watch Oz on HBO, so I know what happens. <laughs> Well, as my boss would say, you, everything you see on Oz does happen, but it doesn't all happen in one day. That might happen over the course of a year. You know, Oz really, you know, dramatizes, dramatizes the stuff. And um, but yeah, no day's the same, and it's it's very interesting work. So yeah, really neat. <laughs> but um, well, that's awesome. Okay, cool. I mean, if you're if, if yeah, if, if if you're working with like prisoners and psychopaths, then I definitely think you're qualified to interview me. <laughs> Um, I'm working with them. I I don't really see you as one, John, but I, I hope you're not. <laughs> you seem like a very nice guy, but oops, again, a lot of them have that quality. I'm just joking with you. But uh, <laughs> so cool, very cool. But yeah, so let's get back to talking more about your comedy. And um, why don't you describe for the audience, you know, who have people who maybe don't know of you or haven't seen you perform, kind of your style. Where do you get some of your um, inspirations from? In terms of comedians, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, comedians. Uh, you know, growing up, I was a huge fan of, uh, you know, of course, Sam Kinison, uh, mm-hmm. Bill Hicks, Car- Carl Lepove, uh was, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of. Um, I mean, you know, I even got into, you know, I, I used to like Leno. I think that um, I think that uh, Dennis Miller is very funny. I love Nick Nick DiPaolo is one of my top guys. Yeah. You know, of course, uh, Artie Lang, as far as storytelling goes, you're not going to find a better comic on stage I telling stories than Artie. I mean, he's, I love he's just him. one of those I know. guys. Yeah, he's amazing, and I've, and I've got to see him, and, and I I almost got to open for him one time. I was one of my, I was, like, really excited, and, uh, oh. you know, things 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 changed. But, and, I, and I definitely, I, I have a feeling that, uh, that there's going to be a time here in the next couple of years where I'm going to get to open for him or uh, work with him on some capacity. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, you know, just just kind of anybody, 
you know, anybody comedy wise that kind of, uh, you know, outside of the outside of the norm, you know, maybe, right. you know, my 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 comedy style is very politically incorrect. You know, it's it's uh, right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like anything it's like anything that I've ever been into. You know, it's like if you're a punk rock kid or a metalhead. You know, you're always um, I'm I'm uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a contrarian by nature, um, and so okay. I like to I like to sit outside you know the societal norms and just kind of throw rocks at stuff and see what happens. Um, I like to right. you know you know and much 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 to the detriment of of my career sometimes because you know a lot of places won't book me just because my act is too you know it's too cringy mm. it's too boutique. You know, it's it's one of those things where I, you know, my my act has been described as a as like a guilty pleasure. You know, um, one 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 guy said watching me do comedy is like witnessing a double murder and feeling okay with it. You know, um, so you know it's one of those things where I I, I mean I'm I'm like I'm doing the thing where it's like I'm writing the comedy and performing the comedy that I would want to see. Right. Right. And you know, you know so personally, that, I I like that stuff too. I mean, people look at me, and I'm I'm very kind of you know kind of girl next door with. But I do like things that are a little edgy, a little over the top. Um, at the end of the day, when I get out of prison, people laugh when I say that. You know, I need something that's gonna make me laugh and something that's gonna be a little more than the average person likes. I mean, that's why I'm a Howard Stern fan. So I mean, I have that side to me too. So I I love your stuff, and I recommend that everyone. Check you out, and I'll plug you. Uh, everyone go to johntoll.net, and I'm sure later in the show he's going to talk about some of his upcoming shows where you can also catch him live. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I mean, you really caught my attention. And I've noticed, John, it's funny, when I go out to see people perform, I've, it, it's really strange. Like some of the people, and I'm not going to name names, but there's some huge people out there that are everyone loves, and I, and I saw them once on TV, and I was just like, I just, didn't get it, and it's more like you, the Bob Leedies, you know, the people that are just a little more over the top that really, for some reason, just, you know, really make me laugh, and I really enjoy myself every time I go out <laughs> to see you guys. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it's like anything. I mean, it's it's all about, you know, risks and uh, rewards, and so, I mean, I always like, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm trying to get into more confessional style comedy where I'm I'm openly admitting things on stage that I would never tell my dearest friend in, in a secret, you know, and just having okay. to sit just having to sit in the reality of my past and to just my, try to make sense of it for myself and and to make sense of it to the audience and just try to put it in a in a in a package that's like, look, this is as weird as life can get and say I'll be the guy that can be weird. You know, if you could take a vacation in my life and then you know maybe right. you may, maybe since since you're not going to be the person that's going to live the same way, maybe you can say in your back of your mind saying, well, you know what, I've done some things that are like that, and I probably shouldn't take myself so seriously, you know, because it's like a, a lot of people are, are wrapped up, you know, they get a lot of anxiety and depression, and that's why they're seeking comedy because they want an escape, right. you know, from 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 themselves ultimately, you know, and it's like, well, if they stop judging themselves, then they wouldn't they wouldn't have any anxiety at all. That's true. I mean, that's very true. I mean, that's one of the reasons I go out is to kind of yeah take myself away from my own stuff that I'm dealing with. And yeah, I, I agree. I think people can genuinely relate to comedians in some way or another, even if you know from a psychologist's perspective, you know, even if maybe they haven't gone over the top and been a huge substance abuser, maybe at some point in their life they had a different type of addiction. You know, maybe it was food or who knows. You know what I mean? So. I oh, and, and I've had and I've had all the addictions. I've been, I'm, you know, I've I've had my time where I was doing a ton of blow, 
and I'm over the top okay. doing, you know, drugs, or I'm taking too many mushrooms, or I'm on acid, I mean, or I'm wow. eating too much, or too much sex, right. I'm doing all of it at the same time, you know, and I, and I just got to the point where I said, you know, I'm going to be one of those guys that is 400 plus pounds and dies of a heart attack. And I was like, I, I, I can't do this. I have a bigger purpose here. And so I I, and I really kind of, I got a control of my, my health. And that was like, it was probably like the, the greatest, you know, the greatest single accomplishment that I've done probably in my 40 years on the planet is finally saying, oh, oh, this isn't good. This this whole like escaping from who you are thing is just going to be ultimately destructive. You know, and, and I right. said, hey, I got to stop judging and accepting where I'm at. And then also understanding that, you know, I actually create my reality and, and the decisions that I make, you know, paint, paint the picture mm-hmm. of where I am. So, I mean, I was, it's one of those things. And you know, I had to do a lot of soul, soul searching and driving in the desert to make it happen. But ultimately, it was worth the effort. Well, congratulations. And that's, that's something you should be really proud of. Because I think, and my, I think that's an interesting topic you brought up is, is the self-destructive behaviors. And, you know, we see that a lot with various forms of entertainers, whether it's comedians, actors, musicians, and I don't know if you can maybe give some enlightenment into why do you think this happens a lot, and especially with some of these bigger people that just, you know, I, I don't want to name names, but, you know, I'm sure you can read the line. You know, some of these people that I've just been fascinated that they have, like, everything in the palm of their hands, but then things just get out, so out of control with other things in their lives. And I, don't, I know it's very individualized, and you probably can't say, well, it's this reason or that reason, but have you seen any type of theme? among people in, in your field in terms of, like you said, abusing drugs and food and, and other types of things? I mean, I think I think sometimes, you know, I, I've seen, you know, the, we definitely get an incredible high from performing, from Absolutely. from doing well and, and from and the, the endorphin rush of having that much attention and to be able to, um, you know, to control a room and control their emotions and, it's hard sometimes to, to turn that off when you leave the stage. And I think that a lot of people are so, they get so jazzed up by the higher performing that then, then the real party starts. Because then, then now they're surrounded by everyone else. They're getting propped up and, you know, they might get themselves into, you know, other, other types of, you know, just addictions just to keep that high going. Um, you know, right. and, that, and that's right. just that's just part of it. I mean, then ultimately right. there are, you know, there's a there's an underlying, you know, there's a there's, there's an underlying. Yeah, well, I would say. I mean, every comedian is different. I mean, I, that's the thing. For, right. for me, I'm I'm driven to the stage, you know, because I I want to I want to kind of give people kind of just a, an overall story and picture that says, look, it's okay to be weird. It's okay to live outside of societal norms, and it's also okay to be completely straight-laced and be a person from the suburbs. I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, one one can't, you know, it's 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 the yin and the yang. It's the on and the off switch. It's like you have to have the normal people, or you wouldn't be able to have the crazy people. You know what I mean? And we all have to work right. together. And then ultimately, the lesson is is that the crazy people are the normal people, and we're ultimately all the same. You know, so I'll do I'll do a lot of I'll do a lot of material that might be, you know, politically divisive or you know divisive along the lines of race or or sexuality, but it's done in such a silly goofball way that you know what what I want people to draw from it is that look look at, at the root cause we're all the same and so you know just just enjoy it you know and, and enjoy the life that, that you that 
you've created and, and laugh. I mean, you know, that, that, that laughter, that, that endorphin rush that you get from, from laughing is, is very thera- therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yes, I mean, thanks for sharing that. And I think I agree with you. It's very individualized, too. But it's just it's just interesting sometimes when you see a lot of these, these people out there that just have, you know, have so much talent and have made a name for themselves and really established themselves. And then, unfortunately, you know, other things in their lives you know, become disruptive and, and impact their ability to, you know, stay where they're at. So, yeah. Sure. But, you know, but, um, I mean, it, 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 it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, you know, people ultimately become, you know, they, they become their own barriers to success. And and right. so maybe they've been, able, they've been able to conquer themselves to the point of being successful. And then they, they and, and they're driving themselves because they're saying, when I make it, I'm going to be happy. They're like, I'm not, right. I, I don't feel good about myself now, but when I get to the top of the mountain, when I get to the end of this journey and I look around, I'm going to feel accomplishment. And they get to the top of the mountain and they look around and they're miserable. They're worse than I when know. they started. And, 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 then, and then they look up and they go, oh, there's a whole other mountain to climb. And then it's, and all of that is just based in illusion. It's just all based in thinking that, you know, you're going to find happiness in, in an external or happiness in a partner or happiness in a right. situation that isn't inside of yourself. And ultimately, they're just not accepting of who they are, you know. But in, um, in, in, the, in an odd way, also, it's that uncomfortability with themselves that also drives them to the stage and to be creative performers. So that's, that's, right. the, that's the one, one thing because they're like, well, God, if I suddenly turn normal, would I be able to be funny? That's true, too. Yeah, I mean, sometimes a lot of people, like, yeah, I agree. You take away some of those other things, whether it's substances or whatever it is, and they probably do get fearful of, oh, my gosh, am I still going to be the same funny comedian? Yeah. Just real quick, yeah, we I mean, have a guy from Britain, John, uh, John in the chat room, and right. he wants to know, before he leaves, because it's getting late over there, he said, <laughs> he wants to know um, if you like any British comedians or even radio hosts, and if you think the British comedy works for a USA audience or not? Uh, yes, I think that I think uh, without a doubt uh, the the English com- uh, English comics. I mean, you've seen how well you know Ricky Gervais has translated over here. Um, uh, the, the the gentleman um, uh, Eddie, Eddie Izzard kills over here. You know, both of those guys are like top top level. I know Jim Jim okay. Jeffries. He's an Australian, um, but he he really cut his teeth uh, on the on the on the London and the Manchester comedy scenes, and and he really made his name over there. And he's doing very well here in the states. I think that, uh, the, and I've seen a lot of comedians from the states go over to the UK and able to to build themselves up as well. And that's that's a great thing. And that's one of the things that I'm working on is is to get over there and to perform in the UK. And I've been given a lot of advice that. You know, hey, you got to really see. You know, I, I, I think I think when I want to go over, I want to just sit and watch comedy in the UK for about a month before I even, you know, take the stage, because I want to I want to know right. that when I hit when when I hit that stage, I'm not bringing my fully American self onto that stage <laughs> and saying these are all my 80s references and my whole point of being, whatever. And it's because it doesn't translate. They're gonna be like, well, who's this guy? This guy sucks. You know, so it's like you right. gotta you really right. do have to kind of ingrain yourself to the market, no matter where you are, you know, and I think that if you just take your own sensibilities and, and put it into, you know, in, in this case, the, you know, the uh, United Kingdom, I think, uh, it's, you know, once you, once you kind of figure out where you as a person fits within their society, 
and you can start mm-hmm. telling jokes from who you are within within the confines of, of their lives, and it'll make sense. They'll be able to relate to you as a person who, who says, okay, sure, this guy's distinctly American, and he has distinctly American attitudes, you know, but, you know, he's not coming off just like the dumb American that everyone hates. I mean, I, I, would, like to, I would like to finally go to Europe and not have to pretend that I'm from Canada. I guess that's what I'd like to do one time, you know. Right. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for answering that. His name in the chat room as he goes by was Oscar Talk. So I hope that uh, I'll be able to answer your question. Um, So I was thinking, why don't we play, I was able to get um, one of your comedy bits off of the Internet that you had sent to me. Um, Why don't we take a break and listen to some of that? Okay. Hello? Oh, are you there, John? I am, oh, yeah. okay. okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> Why don't we take a, a break and listen to that? I'm just going to do a couple of plugs for some other Howard Stern-related uh, things, as I always try to plug people whenever it's related to the topic or content of the show. And then we'll come right back, okay? Sounds great. Okay, hold on. Okay, everyone, again, if you are tuning in right now, you are listening to comedian John Toll, and he is actually calling in from Texas. Um, just want to give some clubs, and then we're going to check out some of John Toll's comedy uh, and on an audio tape. So first person I want to plug tonight um, is Joseph Muski, and everyone I'm sure knows who's a fan of Howard Stern, who he is. He is the creator of SternSuperfans.com. So again, if you're a fan of Howard Stern, be sure to uh, follow him. You can follow him on uh, Facebook. He has Stern Superfans. Uh, I'm trying, sorry, I'm getting this confused. SternSuperfans.com is the website, and then um, Stern Facebook Superfans is on Facebook, so be sure to follow them. Again, go to SternSuperfans.com. You can get all the latest updates on Howard Stern, as well as a place for fans to interact with each other and share, as Joe would say, all things Howard. I also want to plug Mark Spriggan. Everyone knows who Mark Spriggan is. He is, um, had a website for many years called MarkSpriggan.com. And again, this is an awesome website where people, if you miss anything on the show, Mark is uh, very anal retentive, if we want to use that word. I hope that doesn't offend you. It's actually a compliment, Mark. Um, And you can check out his uh, site for daily Howard Stern show highlights, uh, TV show schedules, and much more related to the show each day. So go to marksbriggin.com. Okay, so now let's check out some of John Toll's performance here. And let me go into my information that I have here to see. Hold on a second. Um, again, remember, I'm managing the show by myself, so I can sometimes <laughs> scroll through all of my Word documents. Okay. So this is going to be John performing at one of the clubs, and let's check out some of his material. Casey Anthony. My uh, wife and I play uh, role-playing games in the bedroom based on movies we watch. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all the same girl. 
Thank you for making out during my fucking show. Thank you, got the flag. Thank you. Did you know you made amends though? That was nice because it's fucking awesome. Anger, blaming, resentment, irritability. That's a period joke. <laughs> you know why there's no good female rappers? Because they only have a good flow once a month. That's my shit. I suck an underground rap, right? Yeah, seriously, Biggie, Tupac, <laughs> some other black dude that got shot. I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know. I smoke weed, obviously. But like, you know, being in Texas, like, I get that fucking authentic, like, Mexican weed. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, don't fool it, dude. It's like you can tell it's fucking authentic Mexican weed because you can smell the baby it was shipped in. You know what I mean? You can take a cab because you're too drunk to walk to work. <laughs>
would be so proud of that balloon and we would walk around. But it was time to leave the carnival or the circus. There are those dudes that just fucking let the balloon go. And I equate that to a guy who can have a one-night stand. I'm not that guy. I take my balloon home with me. And over time, it just gets sadder. Women are just like balloons. Except over time, balloons get smaller. All right, everyone, funny, funny stuff. If you're tuning in right now, again, you are hearing comedian John Toll, and that was some of his uh, stand-up comedy. It's, it's great material, and I can't wait for his CD to be coming out, and I can't wait for him to come back to New Jersey. Unfortunately, he's in Texas right now, but uh, let's bring John back on the air. How you doing? Hey, <laughs> that is great, John. Oh, my God. Oh, thank From you. the Mexicans thank in the you. park to the balloon stuff. See, and take this as a compliment. I've always seen you perform with numerous people. I want I want to see you headlining. <laughs> well, that's the that's the goal is to is, is to get to the point where I can headline my own shows. I mean, right right now I'm uh, I'm fortunate enough to be a part of the, the the Ronnie Munn Block Party, which means I get to be a direct support to uh, you know uh, Yucko the Clown and and Shuli, which is a, a great thing because I mean I love I love work with with both of those guys and and it was also cool to hear you plugging uh, Moosey. And, uh, and and Mark Spriggan because I'm I'm huge Absolutely. fans of uh, both, both those guys. It's just cool. So and while we're, and while we're shouting out, I want to give a shout out to uh, both you know Mark Burns and Mike Morrison, truly of course, and this cool man, and uh, and uh, of course Absolutely. our good friends Lenny, Lenny from Long Island and Still Otto. So those are guys that uh, you know. And uh, and then while I'm at it, Marianne from Brooklyn, just because she's beautiful. I know. We love Marianne, too. Yeah, all those guys are great. Actually, Mike Morris was on a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. you got to nice. check out that one. Woo! That interview was good. He was over the top of me. <laughs> <laughs> he got very personal, asking me a lot of uh, interesting private questions. So, uh, yeah, definitely a funny interview with Mike Morris. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's great. I mean, I, I like to see comedians when when they're not so guarded. You know, I think I think that right. you know we should be able to you know hey I mean we're up there bearing our souls anyway so we should be able to really answer anything and that's that's why I like doing that you know confessional style comedy and I know it, it didn't really come through on that, that that clip that you played but all the new stuff that I'm working on is is terrible I mean it's like you know it's like admitting uh, you know it's like it's like I'm I'm working on a thing where I'm admitting banging a teddy bear when I was 13. And, and oh how my I, gosh! I, I, oh, it's terrible. I know it's, it's brutal, but you know it's one of those things that you just—it's like you know you you, you admit it. It's funny because like when you you know at that point I'm not I'm not writing material. I'm just telling people what happened. You know what I mean? I'm just right. I'm just relating stories. And sometimes like you're it's too real, and so they like they just sit there and it's like oh shit, <laughs> like you really did this. You know what I mean? So right, right, right. Well, well, speaking of the fact that, you, like you said, you're going to be doing more, you know, personal stuff related to yourself, would you ever consider doing, like, a one-man act that a lot of people put together? It is. Like something where you... It is. I'm, 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 actually, I'm actually compiling the, the, the multimedia and the, and the pictures to be able to do a, a one-man nice. show because I think it's a, it, it's, it's a perfect kind of cross because my, my story is very, very varied. 
um, and there's there's a lot of twists and turns to it. And so, you know, being able to do stand up that's the that's the easy part. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of putting together the the kind of the kind of signposts of your life, and then t- actually tell a story that has a point. Um, so and then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, it would actually go yeah it would go right along with the with with the book that I'm writing as well. I was and that was going to be a question I asked later on. So awesome! So you're writing a book too. Yes, I'm I'm, I'm working on a on a book right now. Um, it's uh, I mean because I was like I was to a point I was I was 411 pounds. Um, I was wow. I was I was suicidal. Um, I was I was making you know I had I had the four bedroom house with a pool and a six figure salary and I wanted to kill myself. And so it, why is it, that? I, uh, it's because I mean, because ultimately I wanted to kill myself because I was miserable in the life that I had created, and that I was living the life of my father. I was like, well, if I if I can emulate the suburban existence that my parents had, mm-hmm. who are seemingly happy, then if then if I attain the same physical possession happiness that they have, and I can create a life that's just like theirs, then I'll get to live wow. the same happiness. Unfortunately, that's their happiness. They found happiness doing right. that. And I and I achieved it. I achieved everything that I set my mind to achieve. And it was one of those things. I got to the top of the mountain. I looked around. And I said, Jesus, where do I jump off this? You know. Oh God, so, that's. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, so. Oh no! Don't, you, be, don't be sorry at all. I, no, I, 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 well, you know. You know. I mean, I'm. I'm well, you know, cool being a psychologist, it, you know? I, I deal with this stuff all day. You know what I mean? So right. it's just, you know what I mean? It's just, it is. It, it's heartbreaking and it's touching. And so what? Need you eventually, like you said, kind of do some soul searching and um, look inside yourself to, you know, turn yourself around and, and go in a different direction. Well, it was that it was that experience that that suicide attempt that that was that experience where I was like, okay, well, this is as, as desperate as it can get as a you know as, as right. a person. And so I was like, you know, I got to get some counseling. You know, I I, I met with, uh, with with a psychologist and uh, you know, it gave me kind of kind of put me in the right direction and gave me some things to read. Um, and I, but mm-hmm. I was still very I was still very resistant in the process, and I was still trying. I was waiting for someone to give me the answer to say, you know, what's wrong with you know, like, like why why am I not okay? You know, and I just kept right. searching for that. And and I, after a while, I kind of left the um, you know I, I left the, the the psychiatrist's office, and I said, you know, I, I that's when I started getting into stand up, and I was like, well, I'll just I'll use the stage as my therapy and it'd be better with that. Um and and that didn't make it any better. I was I was now just I was just escaping into stand up and I was and I was doing this and I was still was not dealing actually with, with my problems at any level. Um from okay. there I had I had I had the weight loss surgery. I had the actual gastric bypass surgery. Oh wow. You know, and I yeah and I and I lost, you know, through the through the weight loss surgery I went from four eleven to three oh five and it was like during that weight loss, I mean, I felt better. I mean, I had a hundred and so odd pounds off of my body, and I felt, you know, a little mm-hmm. more alive and, and some more energy. But I still had, you know, I still had some kind of, you know, dis- dis-ease in my being per se. And so it was mm-hmm. funny, and it was like my my old habits cre- started creeping back. And it's all of a sudden I was like at three ten, and I was at three fifteen, and then I got up to three thirty three, and I was like, oh, this is not good at all. And then I was wow. like, I was like, I, I really have to do something about this. And that's when I, I started getting into meditation and yoga um, and really kind of getting into, you know, the, the, the foundation of repairing myself at the root. And ultimately, my whole life I've been searching for answers. And when 
that no one ever told me is that there are no questions. And right. so that's, that's ultimately what I had to learn. Um, and so now, and so now it's like I do yoga every day. I mean, I'm, I'm manifesting like crazy. I mean, am I, everything is just falling in line exactly how I have it. And my weight's down to 270. Um, nice. It's like, yeah, it's like I'm dressing. I'm like wearing like normal clothes that you would find at a mall and, you know, which is not the reason to lose weight, but it's like, you know, right, it's, one of the, right. it's one of those like, fun things that kind of goes along with it. And it's just one of those things where it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, um, ultimately we, we, we get to create the lives. I mean, the, the, the universe doesn't make mistakes at any level. Um, and so, you know, your, your, your life is a, is a sum total of your decisions that you make. And I just got to the point where I said, hey, I, 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 I got to start making better decisions, you know, better decisions from a business standpoint, from my eating, from my relationships. Um, to everything, and, and it's all just fallen, fallen into place. And so if I can take that same message and deliver it to other people, either through mm-hmm. a book or through a, or through a one-man show or, or, or through my stand-up in a way where, where people can say, okay, well, look, this is a guy that's, that's, that's had a journey, you know, um, it, he, there's, there's definitely something there that, that everyone can learn from. So I think it's great. No, I think that's awesome. I think that's a great way to, like you're saying, communicate to the world and the public that, you know, you, you do kind of like you're saying, you create your own destiny and we do have choices and decisions we make. And that's a lot of what, you know, for example, existential psychology is about it. It's kind of about finding meaning in your life and understanding that, right, you're in charge of your own destiny and, and creating those things by the decisions and choices that you, you know, you make. So, but, I mean, congratulations. And you should be very proud of yourself. And that's that's an awesome accomplishment. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where, um, you know, I, 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 if I have to give shout outs to the to the people who snapped all the pieces of the puzzle together, I mean, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Wayne mm-hmm. Wayne Dyer is great. Uh, we're talking, you know, Alan Watts and Joseph Campbell from the '60s. Um, all, you know, just guys, just these guys who just kind of bridged. Because I, I I grew up Catholic, and so I had this okay. I had this idea of like this is. This is Catholicism. This is how the universe works based on this system. And it was like nothing ever figured, nothing ever really made sense from a Catholic, from a, from a Catholic standpoint, from a Protestant standpoint. And then it's like just listening to Alan Watts, and he, now now he's bringing he's bringing the East into this. And uh, and uh, he's talking about he's talking about Hinduism. He's talking about Zen and Buddhism. And all of a sudden, right. now the two are now the two are merging. And I'm like, okay, well here's East and West, and they're telling the same story, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's like, on the one hand, you have the Catholics. They're like, yeah, the Lord is my my shepherd; I shall not want. And then the Buddhists, because desire is the root of suffering. And you put those two sentences together, and that's a wrap. I mean, that's all you need to know. It's like, just stop, you just stop resisting, and just accept that what is. Right. So. Right. Wow. Cool. Very cool. So, um, yeah. So, why don't we talk a little bit about? I'm always interested in the the business aspect, a little bit of the industry, and to those people out there who are maybe up-and-coming comedians or want to start out in the industry, what would you, what, some, what are some recommendations you would give them? What are some of the most difficult things that you've personally encountered, um, you know, being a comedian? Um, I mean, I think, I think things that I've, that I've, you know, the, the roadblocks that I've, that I've come across um, I kind of have to look at the situations as, as things that I've created. I mean, I have like I have club owners that that will not book me, and so I have to right. understand that it's because you know they're 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 in the business to sell beer, you know they're they're not in the business to sell comedy, you know there are you know that's that's the that's the one thing that I had to learn about the entertainment business and the business of comedy 
is that comedy is last. You know, being funny is the last piece of it. You know, and so I, I I understand that. You know, if a, if the club owner is um, you know is a little apprehensive about dealing with with my style act, I mean, he's just coming from a fear place where you know he doesn't want uh, he doesn't want five percent of his audience coming in and seeing a show that maybe it's a little too blue for them, and then that 5% won't return to his venue. And so I, I right. understand that, you know, and it's like you, I, you, can't, you can't begrudge someone from, from running a business, you know. The, the, what, what happens is that, and at that point is they go, well, I want you to work here, but I want you to change the way you do your act. You know, so right. it's like, yeah, we want right. you to do an art. You know, it's, like, it's like, hey, do, do an art gallery, but we get to pick out all the paintings we want to show. It's one of those things, you know. So, and that, <laughs> that's and that's a good where, analogy. It really is, and that's where the, 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 the contrarian nature comes up, and it's like, well, all right, or I can just go to a bar down the street, and then everyone who wants to see my style of comedy can come in, and guess what? That guy's going to make the beer money, and you're not going to make any at all, and you can keep running through the same middle-of-the-road acts that you've been running through for you know however long you've been doing this business. I mean, as far as kids starting off and getting into stand-up, I mean, just look at yourself honestly and, and find a stage and a microphone and and just go up there and, and speak honestly about what you're going through um, from, mm-hmm. from from your life. I mean, you know, you know, I don't. I like to see some people go up there and, and create things that are false. I mean, it, it just it just doesn't ring true. And and they'll 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 find that they'll they'll be connected with a with a scene, or there'll now be a microcosm of people who are all in the same boat together, and then they'll start building relationships and friendships, and they'll they'll establish where they are in the market that they start in, and they'll start getting paid work as long as they, they plug at it. And, and eventually, right. you know, they'll, they'll get to the point where they'll, they're going to have to make that leap. I mean, I, I had to make that leap where I was like, am I going to be the guy that, you know, has a nine to five job and does stand up at night, and it's hard to do both. I mean, it was it was it was I Robert know. Kelly. Was, you know, Bobby Kelly told me, you know, there there are no brain surgeon comedians. He's like, you got to be one or the other, you know. And he and I said, I said, well, how do you know when it's time to make the yeah. jump? And he goes, yeah. he goes, no one can tell you that, you know. And and he goes, you just have to know. He's like, you'll know in your gut when you're ready. And and then when the when when the time came, I just knew that it was all right. And I and I had. I had faith that, that what I was doing was the was the right move, and I just wasn't scared about doing it. I just said, "All right, well, I'm all in." And that's the, that's the way I look awesome. at comedy right now. It's like I'm all in. There's no plan B here at all. It's like this is what I'm doing. Right. I'm an artist, and I'm surviving on my art. You know, and, and there and there are times when the when when the money is super lean, and there's time when the money's great. You know, and it's and that's that's but that's part of that drive. It's part of the the, the kind of excitement that's that's underneath the whole thing, and saying. You know, you do really kind of have to sing for yourself or sometimes. Right, right, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think that I think in a lot of people's lives, you know, some people have more delusional ideas that they're just going to go out there and become a millionaire. And, you know, whether it's a musician saying, oh, we'll record an album, I'm going on tour tomorrow, and everything's going to be like, you know, riding into the sunset. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. And I think for <laughs> me personally, you know what I mean? I mean, but I've had so many people, even when I cut my album, people go, oh, you know, you're going to, Send it off and you'll be on the and, and it's like when I actually got out there doing the grunt work and I had done it before when I was in bands in the past before I did the solo artist route and it, people just don't really realize how hard it is and how hard sure. you have to work and you know it's a lot like you said earlier it's about making some good connections hopefully um, and for me right. personally not to not that the show is about me but I've always said to people you know it's not about going up to people and saying what can you do for me because that's right. going to backfire more than it's going to help you. 
You know what I mean? Right. And, and plus, um, you know, I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard your, I've heard your stuff, and you're, and you're talented, and your, and your music is coming from a, from a great place. I know that. Thank you. I know that there are, there are some times where I see, I see a new comedian who's getting a shot, either a television spot or some kind of a showcase spot, because they're good mm-hmm. looking. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, all right, well, that's fine. And you have to understand that part of the entertainment business, whether if it's comedy or if it's music, there's always, always going to yeah. be that niche market where they're like, we're just selling a look. This is just this is yeah. just a new latest skinny kid who's doing, you know, his version of Dimitri Martin or whatever the, the new the new kitchen. is. Oh, my God, it's funny you mentioned him. He's from my hometown. Oh, there right. Yeah, I mean, and I and I think Dimitri Martin is hysterical. What I don't think is right. hysterical right. is the 25 guys who think that they're Dimitri Martin. That's the part that's right. like, come on already. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's right. like you know, put a little bit of yourself into this, you know. And so it's like it's one of those things. It's like you know that it, it, that that part of it can be a little frustrating. But what you have to know is that I'm trying to do comedy that is going to live forever. You know what I mean? It's, and, yes, and, and I know absolutely. that guys. Guys in my genre who are, you know, really, really risque or they're really pushing the envelope. I mean, there's a there's a great chance that you know my stuff is not gonna. It might hit when I'm dead, you know. And that's and that's right. all part of it. But I'm because I'm not doing this to be famous. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's boy. That's another message I'd like to be out there. If you're gonna get into yeah, comedy, that's, yeah, don't talk do it about to that. That's famous. interesting. That's I mean, interesting. That's, talk of, about none that. of this. None of this is about money. None of this is about being famous or being recognized or, or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pure, that's just, that, that's just the ego getting stroked right there and someone thinking that, oh, well, if I have X amount of dollars, then I'll be validated as an artist. And it's like, no, you're not. I mean, you just, you know, you, you might've made the right connections with the right business people that got you there, you know, but you might right. get you a flash in the pan too, you know, and that's, it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. And it's really one of the, you know, what, what's driving the person to actually go to the stage. I mean, what is it at the foundation of their being that says, I have a message to share with other human beings? And it's like, you know, it's like anything. If you're, you know, you're, you're, your life's a train, and if you put money as the engine, you're going to be completely miserable. You know, and in, in, in my case, I've got, I've got money trailing behind the caboose, and whatever comes out, comes out. And I'm just, and I'm just blessed to have, you know, all the success that I've had. And as, I, and as long as I stay present, as long as I stay honest and I stay present in my writing and my performing and I show up on time and I work hard and I'm not an a-hole about it, then all the good mm-hmm. things that are supposed to come will come. And it's like and there's no reason to be anxious. You know, everyone will be like, oh, I'm not, I would like to be not, you know, I would like to be doing arenas. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, come on, you know, slow down a little bit. Just enjoy where you are. And it's like tonight, exactly. like I, I, get to be, I, I get to do your radio show. It's, a, it's an amazing experience. To be able to do this, oh, you know, just to have you. the opportunity to do this, it's great. And it's like, and, then, and then tonight, that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be at an open mic, and it's like I'll be working on my material, and I'm gonna be working with other comics who who might need, you know, joke ideas or punches or whatever. Some networking, and tomorrow morning I'll be doing radio, and it's like as long as the message comes out and people can can take some positivity away from it, you know, as long as you're right. positive and who you are, and and you know, in your center of your being. And that's going to radiate out. I mean, that's just Gandhi, you know, be the be the change. So, what what do I want out of the world? I want world peace. So, it's all the world peace started in my own head when I stopped waging war on myself. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's good. No, but that's that's a great point that you make. And I think people, right? I think they have the wrong ideas. They think that by becoming famous and rich and all this stuff, it's just gonna 
like you said, it's probably a very narcissistic thing. It's very, you know, egocentric. Um, and I, you know, personally myself, just in the music business, have met a lot of those people. But unfortunately, the people I've remained really close friends with are the people that are the genuine, grounded, authentic people. And and those are the people that, you know, I keep in the back of my mind. And I'm like, you know what, that's why I'm doing this. Because even if I've met 100 assholes along the way, maybe I met one or two people that became really good close friends of mine. And in the sure. end, I try to tell, me that, tell myself that that's what it's, it's all about. Um, so I agree with you. And I think you made a good point. My show is not, I appreciate it. I mean, I'm just watching this thing, and it's, you know, fortunately it's been doing well. But, um, you know, some people might say, well, you know, it's not the Howard Stern show, or it's not some huge show, so why am I going to do that, you know what I mean, do that show? But just like you, I take whatever I can, and I appreciate anything, and, you know, it's all about, you know, supporting people and giving back, and, yeah, it's awesome having you on tonight. Really cool. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I'm looking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be out. Actually, I'm gonna be in the in the East Coast. I'm gonna do some spots uh, in, in New York. I'm doing. I'm doing two shows in Richmond, um, August uh, 15th, okay. 16th, and then uh, 17th through the 19th. I'm gonna be in Manhattan, just kind of bouncing around from show to show, um, just nice. to wait for details nice. on that. And then August 20th, I'm gonna be in Philly at the Recess Lounge with uh, the Ronnie Block Party. So if you want to see. You know, Ronnie. Ooh, you know, Ron, okay. Ron, yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So that's so that's in Philly. You know, at the, at the recess lounge, it's uh, it's uh, Ronnie's blog party, and of course that's uh, you know Ronnie uh, Ronnie the limo driver, Scott the engineer, uh, Yasa the clown, Shuli headlining, of course, and then I'm uh, direct support for all of that. So um, awesome. it's, it's a fun time. I, I love it. You know, and I've done I've done events with uh, Alan Richard, and I've done you know Killers of Comedy, and now it's the block party and Miserable Men. And it's like, I, I, you know, I'm a huge Stern fan. And so I, I've always been a super right. fan. And, and just to be involved with the show at any level and to be Absolutely. able to entertain and, and to be able to entertain Stern fans, I mean, that's, that's big to me because they've always been the barometer of what's funny. Because if you can, as an unknown person, I've always felt, if you can make Stern fans laugh, you're doing the right thing because I mean, we, yeah. look, we, we all know Howard's a god. Howard is a god, and we have worshipped the guy since the first time I, I heard him in '94. And it's like okay. I was like, this guy makes. I was like, this guy makes sense. He's speaking honestly. He's going to tell you about his life, and you know, and even though he's neurotic and, he, and he's, he's doing the therapy, <laughs> and he always has a new, you know, whether it's Apple computers or grilling or whatever he's getting into and he's 100% involved, it's like, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride, and, and whatever mm-hmm. happens from the show happens, and I'm like, and if I can be just a part of that universe at any level, I, I feel I feel almost validated as a performer. Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, when you get the support of the fans and you support them, it's just like, I don't want to say it's like a cult, but they're just awesome people. They've been, you know, with a lot of the stuff I've done too, I've become personal friends with a lot of them, and yeah, it's just an awesome group of people. Really cool. Yeah, it, it really, it really is. It really is amazing. And and just to, and just to, I mean, I've had some really, really surreal moments where you know, as a fan, it's like I'm driving in a car next to High Pitch Eric. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I'm just like, and it's like, and it sounds like such a nothing, but it's like as a super fan, I'm sitting there going, I'm in a car with High Pitch Eric, and it's like I've always yeah. been like, wow, it was like, I was like. You know, um, like, you know, I was like, well, if you ever met Eric, I would just treat him like a normal person. And you meet Eric, and you start doing the voice, and it just happens. And it's like, you meet Scott, you start doing Scott's voice. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's like one of those things. Like, you don't want to be an a-hole about it, but it just comes out. It's like the part of my Right, being. right. 
That's cool. That's really cool. So, yeah, so why don't you, um, are you going to be in New Jersey at all anytime soon? Uh, uh, no, just, just, just for, for this part, for this uh, trip we're doing here in August, um, it's just, okay. just going to be uh, Virginia, New York, and Philly, and then I'm doing Ohio. I'm going to round out the month in Ohio. Uh, nice. September, I've got uh, St. Louis, Chicago, Cleveland, and then some other stuff. Uh, I've got a ton of stuff in the work for, for uh, 2012, so uh, I guess be, between January uh, 2012 and December 21st when the world ends, I'll have a lot to do. Cool. Very Cool. Awesome. So, yeah, plug whatever else you'd like to plug, and then we'll, you know, wrap things up for the evening. And like I said, please definitely get in touch with me. Um, what is the name of, real quick, your band? Uh, I'm a, the, the band that I'm taking to Europe in England is called Pit Boss 2000. Um, but I was also, okay. in, in, in my day, I was in, I was I was one of the bass players of the band Ring Ringworm. Uh, so it's all, you know, it's like Cleveland hardcore, um, you know, bands that, bands that emanated out of Ohio. We had, we had a different style, and, uh, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that I was always drawn to. Uh, it kind of got us into cool. a lot of trouble when, when we were younger, but now we're all older and uh, enjoying it as adults. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to be 40 and still, you know, playing in a, in a hardcore band. It's kind of fun, you know. Right, right. Yeah, no, definitely get in touch with me when, before you guys uh, launch your tour, and we'll, we'll do an interview. Um, awesome. So, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for coming on tonight, John. You were an awesome guest, great interview, and I hope continue to promote to the podcast because once the show's over, the live show it goes into a podcast so people can listen to it whenever they like, and the podcast usually do really well. Right. All right. So, yeah, plug whatever else you'd like uh, for the night to let people know anything else that you'd like uh, to let them know about you, um, your website, uh, and the other places they can find you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, all my all, all my main information is that is at uh, johntold.net. Um, you can also, um, you know, johntold.blogspot.com is where I have my my tour blog and I get into, you know, what it's like to be on the road and kind of some, you know, I try to get into my own head and just kind of speak honestly about the experiences that I'm having. Um, you know, cool. you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at johntold. Um, and of course, you know, if you're if you're a Stern fan and you want to go see the to the Ronnie Block Party Tour or the Sal and Richard Show, you know, you can always uh, get tickets through uh, cleanboxentertainment.com. Um, so that's the, that's the place to go uh, as far as the Stern-related events and, and, the, and the things that I'm going to be part of. And, uh, and uh, of course, uh, you know, a huge, a huge shout-out to uh, Shuley, who, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's the guy who, um, you know, really kind of got behind me. I, didn't, I, I got into this because I, I, I won a contest in, in Ohio you know, could you okay. be a killer comedy? And it's like, it's like I won this, and it was like they looked at me not as just a fan who had an act, but it was like, you know, Shuley really got behind me and said, "This is a guy that can actually, you know, actually has a chance to make it." And so he's been nice. a huge force behind me, and and really, you know, been influential from you know getting getting me gigs, helping me with material, and uh, sometimes giving me a couch to crash on. So it's always awesome. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, she was great. I mean, I've seen him perform many times too. I got to actually, well, if you want, just mention him to me. I mean, we've met a couple of times. I got to get him on the show sometime too. That'd be awesome to get do an interview with yeah, him. Yeah, you, you, really you, cool. he would be great. I mean, and, and his stand up is is awesome. I mean, his, his stand up is great. I mean, that's like I know he's awesome. really good. Like it, it, it works so well for Stern fans. But I've seen him do I've seen him do an hour where he doesn't mention anything Stern related, and it kills. I mean, the guy he's he's just right. brilliant. He's, he's, a, he's a great comic, you know. He is really good. Oh, 
Well, thank you so much, John. Let's definitely keep in touch. We'll get you back on with the band in the near future. And um, also keep me updated when you have your CD coming out, your book, et cetera. We can also do a show promoting that stuff, too. Awesome. Can I, can I, can I say okay. one more thing? What's that? Can I say one more thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. That's Jackie. That's it. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. <laughs> John. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You're great. You're great, though. But, um... <laughs> So yeah, but definitely please keep in touch with me, and um, I'll right. I'll send you my personal I'll send you my personal number too if you want to ever just give me a call and chat. All right. Okay, All right. great. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much for coming on the show, John, and we will definitely be in touch, and we will have you on in the near future. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Well, have a great night, and I will uh, I'll plug you again at the end of the show, and then we'll Thanks. talk soon. All right, guys. Thank thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great evening. Thanks. You too. Bye. Okay, everyone. Again, that was John Toll, and you can check him out, the comedian, at www.johntoll.net. And again, if you missed the interview tonight because of your schedule, uh, please tune in after the show or at any time at a later date as the podcast for his interview will be available. Um, If anyone wants to become a guest on the Carrie Edelman Show, or if you have a product that you're interested in advertising, I'm more than willing to work things out with people to help them get their products out there, their names out there. You can uh, look me up on Facebook, either my personal page, Carrie Edelman, you can send me a message, or you can go to the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook, and that has all the information on the page about how you can get in touch with me under the info section. also want to do a couple more product advertisements at the end of my show. Um, one of them is from Flirt Energy Drink, and again, Flirt Energy Drink is awesome. This is a drink that is exclusively formulated for the female athlete. It's a sponsor of the show as my single Vanilla Skies off of my debut album, which is available on iTunes, is currently used as the song to promote the product. So if you want to learn more about Flirt Energy Drink and get some of this drink, you can go to flirtsport.com. And I'm briefly going to play um, an audio of a commercial for them to plug their music, and then we will go into one more commercial before we wrap things up tonight. So check out Third Energy Drink, their advertisement. Hey, Alyssa, you look awesome. Wow, thanks. What are you doing, putting in extra hours at the gym? No, I drink Flirt. The pink energy drink? You like my energy, don't you? Yeah. Flirt is the first energy drink designed for women by women. Flirt, the one in the pink can? Flirt is jam-packed with natural ingredients. Really? Zero calories, DHA, folic acid, green tea, and putia. I could get it here at the gym, right? Flirtsport.com. Flirt. Flirtsports.com. Yeah, Flirtsports.com for a location near you. Okay, everyone, that is our product endorsement of Flirt Energy Drink. Again, visit Flirtsports.com. And I also want to introduce a new sponsor of the show tonight, and we will be having him on the show in the near future. This person is amazing. His name is David J. Spangenberg, and he goes by the name Professor Pooch. And this is someone who has been in the music industry for a very long time, um, in the recording industry as well as in business aspects of the industry. He is a renowned music business business career consultant and educator. He has taught at colleges all over the country. He's also an author of numerous books. So anyone who is looking for any type of legal or music 
business consultant um, that needs someone to help develop contracts or needs some guidance and uh, coaching, should definitely contact him. And you can check him out at professorpooch.com. That's P-R-O-F-E-S-S-O-R-P-O-O-C-H.com. And there's all the information that you need uh, about him. So I would definitely highly recommend people check out his stuff. We'll be also featuring in the near future what we call Pooch Cast. And these are going to be brief clips of him doing various types of didactics and um, educational work for different types of uh, entertainment-related content that people could definitely learn and benefit from. So those will be on the show in the near future, and he's going to be coming on in later September. So finally, let's talk about who's on the show next, um, actually tomorrow. Tomorrow night I have another show, and that will be on July 28th at 8 o'clock p.m. We are going to have Adam Manns back on, who is actually an author, and he is also the new voices professor at Rutgers University. He is going to be promoting his book, which is going viral right now. It's a mock children's book, again, mainly made for adults, not for children to actually read, called Go the F to Sleep. Um, I'm not going to spell out the word, but people can get the picture. You can check him out at adammansbach.com. That's A-D-A-M-M-A-N-S-B-A-C-H.com. And he's also very well known for many other books that he has authored, which are currently used in colleges all over the country. Um, Some of his renowned books include The End of the Jews, Angry Black White Boy, Shackling Water, as well as a poetry collection that he has published called Genius B-Boy Cynics Getting Weeded in the Garden of Delight. So definitely come on, uh, come on board tomorrow night and listen in to hear Adam Manzak talk about his book. And you can purchase his book actually at Amazon.com and other major bookstores. Thank you so much, everyone, again for tuning in to the show tonight. And we're going to close the show with my song, Leave It All Behind, which is the title track off of my album. And you can, if you're interested in any of the music, you can go to iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. Thanks for tuning in, and we appreciate the support. Have a great night.